Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Welcome back to Ghost of a Podcast. This week, we're going to be looking at the astrology of December 3rd through the 9th of 2023. Uh, Per usual, there is a lot going on. And in particular, we have a lot of Venus activity this week. So we are being invited to really tap into Venus's energies. And, you know, of course, we're going to talk about that all throughout this episode. Another thing that I believe is happening right now in the world, in our communities, in the collective, and in each and every one of our hearts is that we are being invited to expand our capacity for caring, to expand our capacity for love and empathy and grace. And in true Venusian or Taurian style, our capacity to materially care about ourselves and others. And this is very hard for most people when we are activated. So It's easy to be generous of spirit when you feel safe and you don't feel challenged in any way. And it's much harder when your own security or safety is being challenged, when you feel overwhelmed with grief or fear or anger. I am convicted that we are all being invited to expand our hearts so that we can hold our most painful emotions as well as love and empathy, so that we can hold enough space for the messiness of human frailty, human cruelty, human contradiction. We are messy, messy animals. We are. Our capacity to do harm towards others when we feel harmed, when we feel hurt, when we feel scared, it's, you know, pretty fucked up. It's pretty messy, but it's also pretty human. What I've been thinking about a ton, and I want to invite you into, is how you can access and stay present with your heart, with what you feel, as painful, as challenging as it is, without rushing to take these feelings, gather them up in a ball, and throw them at other people or throw them away from yourself. Us humans like to make things complicated. We're excellent at making things complicated. And on an intellectual level, there are lots of complexities happening in the world. And that is just fucking real. But on a humanitarian level, on a a heart-based individual level, what we are experiencing requires emotional adaptability emotional expansiveness so that we can have a heart big enough to experience grief and sadness and terror without shutting down or turning away from ourselves or turning against others. When we are fighting for something, it is important to stay aligned with the what we're fighting for instead of keeping our energy fixated on what we are fighting against. Now, again, there are multiple truths that exist on different levels. And I am speaking to the emotional and the spiritual in this moment. 
our need to be able to truly hold in our hearts and also instead of going into kind of heavy Plutonian all or nothing for or against. There is absolutely levels upon which and circumstances upon which that's that's the truth. It's for or against. It's all or nothing. But again, in order to show up for ourselves, our personal lives, our own mental health, our emotional health, our spiritual journeys, and certainly for the social and political issues that are raging through our world, we have to be able to experience our emotions, to stay present when things get complex and messy, and to show up, whether it's in our own inner dialogue or with others personally or in community or whatever, in ways that reflect our values, our healthiest and most heartfelt parts instead of our defenses and our fears and the stories that those really challenging impulses and emotions tell us. This takes a willingness and ability to feel and to feel bad. And I know it's not shocking that your triple Capricorn uh, astrologer friend is telling you, hey, you got to be willing to feel bad. But I mean, I guess astrology works because I really believe that. I believe that when we have the capacity to feel the full breadth of our emotions, our grief, our rage, our terror, our uncertainty, then we are also deepening our capacity to feel and access love and empathy and compassion and to give ourselves and others grace. Compassion is an important part of being emotionally, spiritually, and mentally well. It's an important part of humanitarian movements. And when we are in a state of terror or rage, it's one of the first things that goes. I've said this before, but it is worth repeating. Solidarity is not suffering alongside someone. It is helping people out of their suffering. Find the yes in your heart Find the yes and the affirming energy that is motivating you, whether that's your desire to be whole and experience peace internally in your personal healing journey, or your desire to uplift, support, and protect whatever community or hopefully communities you feel called to uh, do that around. There are no guarantees. There are no guarantees in life. What we are meant to do is to do what is right because we believe it is right. Because when we do what is right in the healthiest way possible, we are not only contributing to the world, but we are in alignment with our own guidance and our own selves. So do what is right this week and beyond, not because of your attachment to the results, not out of a sense of perfectionism, but instead because from a spiritual and an emotional perspective, Being in alignment with your healthiest and most empathetic, caring self puts you in righteous alignment with yourself and the world, right? Because self-care, community care, they're intertwined in truth. This means we must be willing to feel bad and to make mistakes. We must be willing to fuck up, to be wrong, and to learn from those things 
and to stay with the process. And if we truly are willing to allow ourselves to make mistakes, it becomes a lot easier to give others grace in their own process as they stumble and bumble through their own learning curves and their own journey. It is really hard to hold nuance. It is really hard to hold nuance, but it is necessary. And I want to invite you to contemplate where you're at with your own capacity to stay present with hard emotions and your own capacity to and also instead of either or a thing. Now, again, I want to say this is contextual to your emotional and spiritual development, which I believe to be foundational to how we engage with the world. But when we skip those baseline internal steps, our foundations aren't great. And it can really fuck with your mental health, your spiritual health, your emotional health. And so for all the things, any of the things that you truly care about, sustainability is a concern. So as you're doing all this investigation to your own emotional health this week, I invite you to consider whether or how the ways in which you're engaging with what you care about and how you feel is leading you towards burnout or whether or not it's sustainable and everything in between. These are really important and valid questions to be asking. And they don't just serve the self, they serve the community, right? So that all said, let's get into the details of this week's horoscope. The first thing you need to know about this week's horoscope is that we are in the Mercury retroshade period. Technically, it started last week around the 25th, 26th, and we are now very officially retroshady. Mercury will go retrograde on the 12th of December until January 1st. So just to close out the year, fun. Thanks, Mercury. When Mercury is in its retro shade period, basically what's happening is that we're starting to get some retrograde vibes, but don't worry, it's not retrograde. So if there's any kind of, uh, you know, major purchases you need to make, major decisions you need to make, contracts you need to sign, you're, you're still all good in a retro shade. But be forewarned that on December 12th, it will be retro grade. And that's when we want to refrain from making major decisions, major communications, major purchases, that kind of stuff. Okay, so that brings us to the first exact transit of the week. And you know what I'm going to say because I talked about it a ton in last week's horoscope. On the third, there is an exact square between Venus and Pluto. This transit will be exact at 529 a.m. Pacific time, and it's happening at 28 degrees and 34 minutes with Venus in Libra and Pluto in Capricorn. Now, I talked about this transit in the context of more collective conditions last week. This week, I'm going to talk about it a little bit more uh, in a personal way, how it's likely to affect you personally. And the thing about Venus square to Pluto is it triggers major developments in our love life. It's not just our love life. I mean, it's not just our romantic connections. It's also the people we love platonically. But technically speaking, Mercury governs platonic connections and Venus is romantic connections. But there's a strong component of Venus within all of our love relationships, whether they are platonic or not. 
when Venus forms a square to Pluto, what happens is the dynamics that have been active between you and others that have been kind of like developing under the surface with Venus and Libra. We're often not dealing with things head on. We're kind of, you know, trying to be diplomatic. We're trying to not have drama. And then a Venus square to Pluto happens. And either you can't help yourself something happens or the other person can't help themselves and uh, shit comes to the surface, which can often be dramatic or stressful or just, you know, uncomfortable. Venus square to Pluto is not an easy transit. It kicks up power struggles between people, largely because we have a hard time as humans staying equitable and fair and really listening to others and not jumping to defense where Pluto's involved because Pluto is our flight or fight mechanism, right? It's our survival instincts. Now, Venus is security. It's a sense of safety uh, in ourselves, in the world, but certainly in our relationships. And so when these two planets form a challenging aspect like a square, what ends up happening is somebody is likely to act out behave in manipulative or controlling or condemning ways, not necessarily because they're a terrible person, but because when we don't examine and have the capacity to sit with our funky, defensive, petty, resentful feelings, then we tend to act out in reaction to them. And we tend to feel entitled to do so, at least in the moment before the consequences come through, right? For the whole week until the 9th of December, we are going to be feeling this transit. Mercury retroshade is not exactly helping us because uh, it may just kind of further smoosh up, kind of confuse communications. So if you are feeling insecure, if you're not feeling worthy, if you're not feeling safe in your relationships, you are likely to act out. I'm not saying that acting out when you feel that way in your relationships is, is a bad thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing. What we want to make sure that we're doing during this transit is if you're going to like take a stand, if you're going to act out in any kind of way that it is somewhat considered so that it is not passive aggressive, thanks Venus and Libra, and it's not reflecting our deepest uh, survival mechanisms, you know, because in that case, it will be an act of fight flight or fawn. So being willing and able to get to the bottom of what you're feeling in your relationships, what's actually happening in your relationships, what you need in your relationship, uh, and what you're, you know, willing or able to offer, that's a really good use of this transit. It's part of why it's happening so that we can get deeper and more real with others, which cultivates more authentic and sustainable intimacies. Having a real intimacy with another person means you're going to fight sometime in life, right? You're definitely going to have conflicts. You're not going to agree all the time. You're not going to be on the same page or on the same line of the same page all the time. That's just not how things go. And that's okay. Cultivating the skills necessary to identify, you know, your own participation in what's not working and to have a real conversation with a person or with people is an invaluable life skill. And, you know, like it or hate it, transits like Venus square to Pluto are really good uh, litmus tests for where we're at in our own development with these issues. So basically, if you find yourself acting out 
on the third or any point this week, if you found yourself acting out last week, that's a really good reflection on where you're at. And it's valuable to be interested in your own impulses, your own ability to navigate your survival mechanisms. And in particular, when you feel unloved, unvalued, or not safe. That information can help you to, you know, know what to work on in yourself. Or it can validate, oh, look, you've made major progress or anything in between. But what you need to know is that Venus square to Pluto brings things up so that they can be healed, right? So the only way to generate repair is to be fully in the presence of what is broken. And that's hard, especially in our personal relationships. It's really hard. So this is not a time for engaging with the people that you want to be in relationship with, in controlling, blaming, condemning, punishing, manipulative ways. Okay. And I got to remind you, this goes for people on the internet, like people that you maybe don't really know on the internet. What we do and how we show up in relationship is a reflection of ourselves. You know, we can't control the world. We can't control the people, but we can take responsibility for what we use our agency to do, uh, you know, in our in-person relationships, but also in our digital relationships. How you engage is a really good thing to pay attention to. And, and, and if you act in the kind of worst ways that Pluto has to offer, okay, you know, learn from it, be humble, own it, and know that that points to your own homework about yourself. Now, you may be dealing with somebody else who is going through all of this. And if that is the case, the best way to engage with this is with intention. So I have a rule of thumb. I don't process with people I don't trust. I encourage you to uh, try that one on for size yourself. If somebody comes at you with a bad faith argument, if somebody is coming at you with, you know, the aforementioned Plutonian uh, aggression and, you know, manipulation and all that kind of stuff, you do not need to engage until they're able to come at you with more balanced and emotionally integrous energy. You get to have boundaries. And if you think it's appropriate to engage with someone else, it doesn't matter how they're behaving. It matters how you behave. I mean, of course it matters how they're behaving. But again, I want to bring you back to your agency. How you choose to engage is a reflection of you. Who you choose to engage with, that's also a reflection of you. But what's not a reflection of you is how the other person engages. So you don't have to own that. But you don't want to let someone else's bad behavior drag you down so that you are participating in unhealthy dynamics. You are investing your time, your energy, your vulnerability in something that you know is not healthy or right for you. Because of all of this intensity, Venus square to Pluto can trigger breakups and major relationship drama. The best thing you can do under this transit is to point your passion and intensity towards collaboration collaboration between your own inner impulses, collaboration with the person or people that you're engaging with. You know, that means really you know, listening to what they have to say. It means coming up with compromises. And if that can't be done, that's okay. You know, some relationships cannot be fixed. Some problems cannot be healed or certainly not in a week. But we can be transformed by the process. Our relationships 
will be transformed by the process. And what I want to point you towards is being really open to a heartfelt transformation that reflects your values instead of your biggest fears or insecurities. Now, luckily, the rest of this week's astrology is there to give us resources and support, which will show up maybe by like coming across a post on social media that really just like speaks to you. It might show up as having a friend who's there for you and really gets it or you just being able to like tap in to your own inner wisdom and your own best guidance could show up in any number of ways. But but there is a lot of support there for us this week. So again, I want to encourage you to tap into it, not just to feel good, although yes, that, but also to deal with the challenges that exist in your relationships. Now, one last thing I'll say about this transit is Venus governs money. And so you may be dealing with major issues around your own relationship to your finances or the material reality of your finances. Like, you know, you might have to make a massive purchase or pay for something big, you know, that you weren't expecting or deal with your debt. There's a lot of ways this can play out. From a Venusian perspective, dealing with our personal finances is so much about dealing with our values. So if you're dealing with financial issues in your life, consider how what you have done or what you are doing reflects what you value. And if it doesn't, does that need to change or can it change? Because as the quote goes, there is no ethical consumption under capitalism, right? I mean, we're living in a fucked up system. So we're all making fucked up choices. That said, coming into awareness about the choices we're making and being, again, as intentional as possible, that's valuable. It's valuable on, on a myriad of levels. The other thing worth naming is that a Venus square to Pluto can trigger um, major developments around women's rights in general. So this is not specific to any one particular country or community, but in general. And when we are looking at women's rights, because, you know, most societies on the globe are patriarchal, we are not just looking at women's rights. We are looking at trans rights as well, because really when we have cis male dominance, it's anything and everything other than cis male genders that get kind of clumped into uh, women's rights. You know, whether or not you think of it that way, that that's how that's how the cookie crumbles. So we may be seeing issues related to um, women's rights and body autonomy or trans rights and body autonomy. And, you know, again, these are issues worth fighting for and being educated around. Families in Gaza are in need of your urgent support. Israeli warplanes are bombing Gaza right now, causing death, injury, and trauma. The organization Mecca has staff and local partners in Gaza, on the ground, and ready to respond to the most urgent needs of children and families. Please give now to provide medical aid, clean water, food, psychological support, and more. Give what you can at MeccaForPeace.org. That's M-E-C-A-F-O-R-P-E-A-C-E dot org. Now, we have another Venus transit to talk about. On the 5th, Venus forms an exact trine to Saturn, and this is a lovely transit. It is exact at 2.51 p.m. Pacific time, and it is happening at one degree of water signs. So we've got Venus at one degree and 22 minutes of Scorpio and Saturn at one degree of Pisces and 22 minutes. 
Okay. So we have this really delightful trine between Venus and Saturn. Now, these two planets are very concerned with security and stability. That can be in the context of your finances, Venus, right? And Saturn, your position in the world. Again, Venus and Saturn, they're both concerned with those things. But in the context of our personal relationships, uh, and, you know, we have personal relationships in lots of contexts, right? At work, at home, our neighbors, etc. But this transit is very stabilizing. It generates a flow from you, me, and everyone else of the desire to be empathetic and to get along, to understand that being kind or being empathetic actually makes me feel more secure and it makes you feel more secure. We are more secure when we are considerate of each other, right? Venus trying to Saturn teaches that lesson in a way that is not challenging to learn. This transit stabilizes and it stabilizes existing relationships in particular, which is to say that it is not a transit that brings about a new relationship. That may happen in your life, but this transit will not be the reason why. What it does, again, is it creates uh, emotional and energetic, so emotional and spiritual uh, stability based on shared goals, Saturn, or values, Venus. It's a great transit for tenderheartedness, aka uh, gratitude, appreciating the people that you are close to, the people that you lean on. This is a great transit for investing in others and investing in the bonds that hold you up in life. So you may find yourself in a position where you're feeling very inspired to perform acts of service that reflect the love you have. You may be on the receiving end of such very kind uh, efforts. This transit is good for showing up in material ways and improving the quality and security of your relationships. It is equally good for doing exactly that with your personal finances. So grounding your finances, uh, organizing your finances, all that kind of good stuff. Now, because we have a context of the Venus-Pluto square, this transit is a godsend because what it does, it makes it easier for everyone to access their sense of empathy. And that is so powerful, right? Because when we feel empathetic to ourselves and other people, it's easier to not jump to the worst conclusions, to not act defensively before there's an actual reason to do that. Venus squared to Pluto on its own can have us acting defensively as a preemptive strike. So Venus trying Saturn really softens that, which is beautiful right? It's what we need. This transit is an affirmation that we have within us the ability to show up with care and empathy and invest in the people and situations that we care about and that we can do it in sustainable ways, not just in this exact moment, but over the course of time. So, Again, it is a brilliant transit to have overlapping with this Venus square to Pluto. Now, luckily, that's not all. On the 7th, we have two really supportive transits. 
we have a sun trying to Chiron happening at 15 degrees with the sun at 15 degrees and 37 minutes of Sagittarius and Chiron at 15 degrees and 37 minutes of Aries. And this is going to be exact at 4.12 p.m. Now, a few hours later at 8.09 p.m. Pacific time, we've got Mercury at 6 degrees and 29 minutes of Capricorn forming a trine to Jupiter at those same degrees of Taurus. So we have a fire trine and an earth trine. And these two trines are just absolutely lovely. Now, the sun trine to Chiron is really good for affirming our identity. So even though we are going through, you know, some things that make us feel easily triggered, we have this support from the sun forming a trine to Chiron. Chiron it's an asteroid. It's not a planet, but it's one of those, you know, asteroids that really just whenever we experience it, it is triggering, right? It brings up our wounds and our core wounding. But when we have something like a sun trying to Chiron, what occurs is our ability to engage with our core wounding is not especially painful. It's not like we're being activated and triggered in a way that accentuates our pain, Instead, a sun trying to Chiron empowers us to feel a sense of agency with how we engage with it, to find our light, our sense of self, and to activate it, right? So this transit is really supportive for feeling in, in your gut, like feeling in your heart, that you can engage with trauma or past wounds in a way that reflects who you really are and who you choose to be right? I use the word agency a lot. And I think it's a hugely important concept in general, and certainly really important when we're navigating spirituality and astrology to keep in mind. Agency is about our ability to self-direct, to behave in ways that reflect our intentions. And if you fuck with astrology, then you know that the symbol for the sun, the glyph for the sun, is a circle with a dot in the middle of it. And that dot in the middle of it, that's you. That's your center. And whenever we're dealing with solar energies, we're dealing with our, our very center. So again, there's a way that accessing our agency is about embodying our solar energies. In other words, acting from a place of light within ourselves. Light is energy, and the energetics of light exist in each and every one of us. So tap into your light, this sun trying to Chiron, and use it to empower you to engage with parts of yourself that are not robust, that are still suffering, and to engage with empathy and kindness and, again, energy. Now, that brings us to the Mercury trine to Jupiter, which is overlapping. Mercury trine to Jupiter is a great transit. I like it. You're going to like it. We all are going to like it because this transit empowers our thinking. It does so because Jupiter is all about the big picture. It's optimism. It's resilience. And Mercury is the details. Uh, it's collecting all the data, not necessarily like making use of the data, but it's collecting all the data. So when these two planets are in such a lovely conversation as they are with a Mercury trying to Jupiter, what happens is we can make sense of things. You know, I am a big fan of journalists and journalistic integrity and protecting a free press. 
especially if you've been listening to this podcast for a few years, you you know that is something I've talked about a lot. But I am also a really huge fan of us using our individual agency and coming together within our communities to develop greater media literacy so that we are able to navigate the endless landscape of news and propaganda that we are exposed to all day, every day, right? And so Mercury trying to Jupiter is really helpful for that. Oh, it's so helpful for that. It is such a great transit for being open to learning or unlearning to expand your mind. Now, this transit may bring some sort of good news your way, uh, or some sort of social interaction or like friend connection your way that is really lovely. Now, that's only likely to happen if this Mercury trine to Jupiter hits your birth chart in some way, right? So if you've got a planet at around uh, six degrees of an Earth sign or a water sign, you're most likely to get the best benefits of this. But there's a number of transits that could be activated, you know, by Mercury or Jupiter here. You know, it's nice to know that you might get some good news. Or you might just have a nice time socially. In general, this is a really good time for socializing. Now, Venus square to Pluto, that's still happening. It's easy. We're getting further and further away from it. So as we get further from the Venus square to Pluto and these lovely transits are activated, I think it's likely that we will either be feeling so much less of that Venus square to Pluto or we will have so many resources to tap into that things are unlikely to be too much of a struggle. But this transit in general is just great for socializing, right? It's great for uh, connecting with people, having lively connections and conversations, all that kind of good stuff. If you have travel plans to make before Mercury goes retrograde, this transit marks a really good time to do that. So you might want to start making your travel plans now if they have to be made for something that's happening uh, in December or basically by the first, so during Mercury retrograde. And if there are any major decisions that need to be made or, you know, any kind of like legal stuff you're dealing with, again, this transit marks a really good time to be doing that. Mercury trying to Jupiter makes us more open-minded. And so I want to encourage you to really tap into those energies. We could all stand to be more open-minded in times of great emotional activation. And Mercury trying to Jupiter tends to make us slightly better at communicating. So, <laughs> you know, uh, listen with your heart, communicate what needs to be said, you know, what, what you want other people to hear, because these transits are so helpful for our relationships and for our sense of self. And that's why we should be making use of these two really lovely transits, plus the Venus trine to Saturn. And that brings us to the last exact transit of this week. And it's another one from Venus. On the 9th, we have an exact opposition between Venus and Jupiter. It's exact at 7.35 p.m. Pacific time. Venus will be at 6 degrees and 20 minutes of Scorpio. And Jupiter will be at 6 degrees and 20 minutes of Taurus. So now we have our third major transit from Venus to Pluto, Saturn, and now Jupiter, right? So again, Venus, our relationships, our finances, but kind of at the center of it all, it's our values, our sense of value and what we value. Pluto transforms, Saturn stabilizes, Jupiter expands. Really important to be connecting with our values this week, one way or another, hopefully many ways. But let's focus on the Venus opposition to Jupiter. This transit 
is really lovely, and it is evidence that not all oppositions are bad things. When Venus and Jupiter in any kind of conversation, but actually, especially when they're in a tense conversation, it inclines us to have more fun, to kind of like lay your burden down and play. Venus opposite Jupiter can be great for dates or socializing in general, basically connecting with people in a way that feels really good to everybody. Venus opposite Jupiter. I mean, if there's something negative about it, it's that it inclines us to overindulge. So depending on what you're most likely to overindulge in, that might be spending too much money, drinking too much, going a little too far. That's the downside of Venus opposite Jupiter. But that's the only downside. And it can be quite a pleasant one, you know, depending on your circumstances. So while this transit is not great for concentrating or working hard, It is really good for feeling the resiliency of what's possible, especially in regards to Venus. So that's romantically, interpersonally, financially, you know, in regards to your self-worth. This transit is great for doing spiritual work or psychological work. It's really good for it. I mean, most people don't do that because they just want to like chill and party or watch TV or, you know, like kind of like not do too much. And you know what? Maybe you need a fucking break. If you need a break, take the break and don't just take the break. Enjoy the break. Lean into the break. That's what Venus opposite Jupiter is really good for. It's helping us to be really present for the things that bring us pleasure and joy pleasure, love, ease. These things are essential parts of the human experience. They're essential parts of healing work. They're essential parts of movement work. We must have some measure of balance in order to sustain our efforts over the course of life. And Venus opposition to Jupiter is meant to give us a break. It's meant to be a time where we feel a little more love, a little more play, a little more ease, a little more self-indulgence than usual. That's a fucking glorious thing, right? Now, if you are somebody who has no problem with self-indulgence and has a tendency to chill in general, and you are very well rested, then this transit is particularly good for showing up for others for letting people know how you feel about them, your your care, your love, your empathy for them, your investment in them, and not just letting them know with words, but letting them know with actions. You know, if you don't need the break that Venus opposition to Jupiter brings, then prioritize love and acts of love that are abundant and joy-filled. This transit plus the Mercury trying to Jupiter are great ones for starting gratitude lists. Tracking the things that you are grateful for is so good for your heart, your mind, and your psyche. Uh, You know, it's just, it's so good. And it can help to affirm the resources that you have within yourself or in the world. And that's so valuable. So tap into these energies of Venus opposition to Jupiter. Make new connections, invest in what you care about, and allow that to influence your sense of belonging and self-worth. Now, I'm going to go ahead and run through the transits of this week. But as always, if you want to be tracking the transits with me, you can subscribe to my Astrologer's Pro Tool, Astrology for Days, over at astrologyfordays.com. Okay, Mercury Retroshade, it's on. The retrograde begins next week on the 12th of December. On the third, we have an exact square between Venus and Pluto, the effects of which we will feel through the ninth. 
On the 5th, we have an exact trine between Venus and Saturn. On the 7th, we have an exact trine between the Sun and Chiron and an exact trine between Mercury and Jupiter. On the 9th, Venus forms an exact opposition to Jupiter. And that's your horoscope for this week. If you would like to learn more with me about astrology and all manner of woo, join me over on my Patreon where I have taught uh, a couple of tarot classes and you will have access to all of that. I have a bonus episode of Ghost of a Podcast every month on the kittens level where you can learn about all the transits for the month ahead. And there's lots of woo content about mediumship, animal communication, psychic stuff. The link to join me over at Patreon is in the description of this episode and every episode. And if you get value from this podcast, please do consider hitting that follow button and writing a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, my loves, I hope you are taking good care of yourself and others, and I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Every year they say the end.